Welcome to Red, White, and Brown, the podcast that discusses the interesting upbringing of Desi American immigrants and what happens when the Eastern culture meets the Western world. I'm Priyarak. And I'm Sophia. And today we're going to be doing a Q&A. We are. Uh, this Q&A was actually generated by questions submitted by all of you because we actually posted this on our Instagram page. So if you want to be a part of our next Q&A, follow our Insta page and definitely just submit your questions uh, the next time we ask and we'll try to answer them. So before, uh, so with all of that, why don't we get started, Sophia, with our first question. Okay, so the first question was a little bit vague, um, but it was what should I be doing in high school in order to be successful? So kind of vague because success isn't defined Mm -hmm. and obviously we all have different uh, understandings of what success is, but let's just take a stab at answering. I think this is a tough question because it can go two ways, right? The first way is the stereotypical Desi way of like, get the best grades, be the best possible. Um, And I think the good part is about this route, because I can say that I personally took this route, and I think Sophia probably took this route, is that assuming you don't lose yourself in the process, and you don't lose sight of what you really like and what your true passions are, this process of trying to do the best you possibly can and getting good grades and doing sports and all of that is actually a pretty safe process. Like you'll get into a good school and assuming you haven't lost sight of yourself, you'll major in what you're interested in and ultimately be able to pursue whatever you want to do. Like for example, my sister is, is working now as a biomedical engineer and in, in the process of doing all of these things, in the moment you might think getting good grades is stupid, But it's one of those things where your parents always know a little bit better than you do and it works out usually because that's the more conservative approach. But I think the second way to be successful in high school is to really just learn more about yourself. Who are you? What means a lot to you? What do you enjoy? Are you insecure about your, your ego? Are you insecure about this and that? Really learn a lot about yourself because if you know who you are, then you can get comfortable in your strengths and you can also get comfortable in what you know you don't care about. So for example, if you are so comfortable with yourself that you know you're not, you don't care about being the smartest person in the room, but you care a lot about your family, then you will be successful because you'll be okay with knowing that I didn't get the best grade, but guess what? I'm not trying to get the best grade. I just want to like live my life, right? So I think there's two routes here. Definitely um, working hard and doing the best possible is like the stereotypical Daisy answer. But I think the second answer here is you don't have to be the best, right? You can really learn a lot about yourself and in the process... Um, be comfortable with what you're good at and also be comfortable with not what you're not good at. And that will ultimately make you successful because you'll be able to put your eggs in the right baskets. What do you think, Sophia? Yeah, I think that's a good point just because this question is so vague and like the person has not really defined what success means to them. So it's, you know, it's kind of hard to give advice when success means something different to every, like to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like, Okay, the obvious things like doing well in classes or on standardized tests, all of that kind of goes without saying if your version of success involves going to college. Yes. Um, so if going, going to a good college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going to a good college, I guess. So if that is important to you, then yes, like those things are important. Um, but in addition, I also think the activities you pursue outside of school are kind of what set you apart. And like, there's a few things that I think might be helpful, helpful in like the long run. So yeah, there are so many careers that 
people don't really know about. Um, yeah, not just people, high school students specifically, right? Because you're expected to go into college with an idea of what you want to do. Right. But when you talk to like, you know, a 14-year-old or a 16-year-old and you ask them like what jobs exist, people are like doctor, teacher, nurse, policeman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people just know about like the basic jobs that yeah. they are able to see people for like performing, but they wouldn't necessarily know like, oh, I could be... Um, a buyer for this department store, or I could well, I be could work as a supply chain manufacturer. Exactly, you work as a um, fashion designer. Well, I mean, fashion designer is a bit more stereotypical, but, but you yeah, can, you can work an internship within fashion design that's not focused on fashion, so to speak. Right? Like, there's so many small nuances to careers that I agree, high schoolers and I think broader community at large just doesn't know until you enter the workforce, and that's actually exactly. a huge gap. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, you know, identifying what you might like to do and just learning about different careers is really important because when you're trying to learn that stuff as a junior in college, like, you know, it's kind of, it's too late. Like you can't then be like, oh, I should have done this XYZ internship or I should have learned these specific skills. Like I think it's better to just figure out what you might enjoy doing earlier rather than later. Mm -hmm. And then I think outside of that, like something that's kind of underrated in our society is just like building concrete skills. Um, what do you mean by that? Like, so most high school students are not expecting that they're going to go work in the coal mine or do like some manual labor job, right? Yeah. Like most high school students kind of expect that they're going to have some sort of like slightly cushy job. Um, and I think it's nice that as a society, like machines have made our lives easier and there's fewer and fewer people doing physical labor type jobs. But I do think having concrete skills is still important. And like, it's really good if the activities that you do outside of school can be a way to build up some of those basic skills. Like, you know how every job requires like certain like, yeah, like work experience yeah like understanding excel or knowing how to build models and and even those basic things like knowing how to make a good resume or write a good cover letter or like very basic things that you don't expect but are implicit parts of almost every job and so i think some of the concrete skills sophia was talking about is like learning how to write professionally learning how to project confidence learning how to talk about your story learning how to work excel powerpoint word in different ways right yeah i mean i agree i feel like yes like the PowerPoint and Word examples for sure. Yeah. And like Excel. Um, and I think even beyond that, like even if you are going to, you know, volunteer at a hospice and learn from the nurses, like how to take care of elderly people or like, I don't know, it could be anything, but just learning some sort of concrete skill, um, I think is really important. And like, I think it also helps with just overall confidence because like, Confidence isn't something that you're going to get from, like, someone giving you a pep talk, right? It yeah. comes from, like, building skills and knowing that you can do things and you're confident in your skill set and your abilities. And so I would say, like, outside of school, don't just think about, like, oh, I need to do these things to fill up my resume. Like, just make sure that whatever you're doing is helping you build some skills. Like, an example that comes to mind is I used to volunteer at this like child development center sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, doing unpaid work for some sort of existing organization where like you can pick up some skills is probably better than joining like five clubs at school where like all you do is just like show up to the meeting, show up to the meeting and talk to other students and then go home. Yeah. Like it's not about doing more activities or something, but it's, 
it's kind of like if you seek out opportunities where you can pick up some skills, I think that's just going to be helpful for years to come. And sometimes like those opportunities don't exist, right? Sometimes you have to go and reach out to someone and be like, Hey, can I volunteer and just help out for free? And you don't have to pay me. And I just want to pick up some skills. Yeah. Right. Like You don't even have to ask them for skills. I think the moment they hear free and willing to to, to, to learn do stuff yeah <laughs> they love that so yeah. yeah and and high school is the time you should be doing that right like high school is not the time you you really need to be making a ton of money high school is the time you need to be picking up these skills so that way when you want to enter the workforce which is post high school you have those skills to refer back to and ideally post college right yeah and i do want to just add to that like if you do have to work and help support your family like obviously that is something that um I mean, we're kind of coming at this from a place of privilege where, like, it sounds like we didn't have to do that. But I do think that even if you are working a legit job, even if that's, like, just working at McDonald's or whatever, like, I still think schools and other employers respect that. Oh, I respect uh, the hell out of that. Because there's so many skills you learn from that. You learn, like, Mm -hmm. work dynamics. You learn how to work with other people. You learn how to to not piss your manager off, right? So there's so many things there. Absolutely. Absolutely. so what's, what's our next question, Sophia? Okay, so next one is kind of funny. It's, is it true that being a med student means no fun and no vacations? Yeah, this is hilarious because uh, for me, this hasn't been the case. Honestly, med school has been more fun for me than undergrad was. And that's ironic because I think undergrad is the one that has the reputation of where you kind of go, let loose, you know, figure out who you are as a person and have a lot more fun. But I guess for me, it's been the opposite. So I think the broader answer to this question is the fact that all experiences are what you make of them. And I know that's like a cop-out answer, but like I really do want to hit this point home because in the reason I did not have fun in undergrad is because I went into it with the mindset that, oh my God, I feel stupid and I don't want to feel stupid and therefore I just want to like work all the time so I can get the best grades so I can prove to myself I'm not stupid. And right, so that was my mindset. And so obviously my priorities lined up with that mindset. Did I spend time socializing? No. Did I spend time having fun? No. Did I spend time studying all the time? Yes, because that's what my mind was telling me to do. That's what I made of the experience, right? On the other hand, my roommate, who is also a medical student, um, he's not at Yale, he's at another medical school, but also a very smart like student, but he did make time for all of these things because for him, he didn't feel like work was the biggest priority. He wanted to make friends. He wanted to socialize. And therefore, his undergrad experience was drastically different than mine, right? <laughs> and so today, the reason my med school experiences does involve fun and, and some vacations is because I have made time for that. I have agreed that pre going into med school, you're going to work hard, but you're also going to now make time for socializing, exercising talking with your family and now I study 60% of the time that I maybe would have an undergrad and spend the other 40% of the time making these for other priorities and that's just because this is what I want of my experience and guess what that that's exactly what I got right like I, I was able to have a lot more fun I was able to spend time with those I, I care a lot more about and uh, I just have new priorities um, and I think at the end of the day we're all just trying to be happy we're optimized for a certain thing and this almost reminds me of a scene from three idiots the, the all is well scene, and, I, and we're going to play that scene right now. But before we start, I, I want to reiterate because in this scene, it's he's just trying to show people like for him, it matters a lot to just focus on being happy. And it's not about getting the best grade. He just wants to make sure he's okay and just learning everything to the best of his ability. So I'm going to play that clip and go from there. ये हाथ ले अपने दिल पे डाल और बोल ऑल इज वेल ऑल इज वेल ऑल इज वेल 
अब ये कुछ नया लाए हैं हमारे बाबा रणछोड़दास अरे हमारे गांव में एक चौकीदार हुआ करता था वो रात को पहरा देते वक्त जोर जोर से चिल्लाता था आलिस्वेल और हम लोग सुकून से सो जाते थे एक रात गांव में चोरी हुई तो पता चला कि साले को रात में कुछ दिखते नहीं है यार ऐसे चिल्लाते रहता था आलिस्वेल आलिस्वेल और हम लोग बेफिक्र होकर सो भी जाते थे उस दिन एक बात समझ में आई ये जो अपना दिल है ना बड़ा डरपोक है यार इसको बेवकूफ बना के रखो लाइफ में कितनी भी बड़ी प्रॉब्लम हो ना उसको बोलो कोई बात नहीं चाचू सब ठीक ठाक है आलिस्वेल आलिस्वेल और उसे प्रॉब्लम सॉल्व हो जाएगी नहीं लेकिन उसको झेलने की हिम्मत आ जाती है ये मंत्र याद कर लो यहाँ पर बहुत जरूरत पड़ने वाली है I mean, there's not much more to say about that scene. I love it. It clearly is obvious that he prioritizes happiness, and that's just all as well, you know. So, <laughs> Sophia, what about you? What do you think about medical school? Okay, so in terms of the no vacations part of the question, yeah, like after the first summer break, which people typically use for research or internships, like there are not going to be any more summer vacations. Um, you know, you'll still have a week or two off for winter break. You'll still be able to take some time off, like. Between rotations or things like that, but there's not going to be any more explicit like three months off for summer vacation. Yeah, that, yeah, that's done. I agree with you that it's more diffuse. Like you'll have like a week off every now and then randomly, but never like three months. No, yeah. So summer vacations are no longer. And then, as to the no fun part of the question, um, I feel like undergrad was definitely a lot more fun for me. Um, And I, I think it just it varies for everyone, but like I have to study a lot more now in med school than I did in undergrad. I mean, I don't know. I studied a lot in undergrad too, but I feel like I always had like certain subjects that were just like more fun and like didn't feel uh, as effortful to study. Whereas everything in med school for me is just requires a lot of effort and brain power and memorization and um yeah so med school is a lot harder for me and i also i feel like need to study maybe more than the average person to do well um i'm not like in the top you know 10% of my class or anything like that and so yeah it it's definitely a lot more stress than it was in undergrad um and i think i find it harder to disconnect from the work fully mm -hmm. um Like I'm on a research year right now, and I am, you know, ab about to start studying for step two, which is the second licensing exam. Um, and it's just even though I haven't been studying for the last few weeks or months or whatever, I've just it's always been on my mind, you know. Yeah, so like, it's a bit more stressful. It's just hard to disconnect because there's so much. Um, but the good part is that this is all temporary, and like there is an end in sight. Um, you know, when you graduate or like the end of residency or whatever else, I do think there's very concrete end points. Yeah. Um, whereas in other careers, I don't feel like it's as much of like a direct concrete path with like, you know. An end in sight. Exactly. Yeah, that's a solid point. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the next question. Um, okay, best financial advice for grad school. So this is tough because, as I said, I don't have any financial income, and I'm just like a cheap vasey, so I don't really have much advice. I'm very frugal with a lot of my purchases, but actually, the one thing I will say here, and this may come across as slightly counterintuitive, but I have actually started to value and spend a bit more money because my 
like opportunity of cost opportunity cost of time has gone up. So what does that all mean? In grad school is the first time I've actually started realizing my most important asset is not necessarily money, but time, because there's just so many things to do and such little time. And so I have started doing a little bit more to spend money if it saves me time, which mm-hmm. prereq in in college may not have done, but now I do. Like for example, there's a place across the street that does laundry for you. Uh, and they kind of fold all your clothes and do everything. And I make use of that service. And it definitely costs a little bit more than like washing and drying everything on my own. Mm-hmm. But like the few extra bucks saves me like almost an hour of time because I don't have to like fold the clothes. I don't have to go down. I don't have to come up. Everything is already done for me. So I've started realizing like, oh, I value my time. And if I can save a couple bucks um, or if I spend an extra couple bucks and it gives me an extra hour, then those couple bucks are worth it because time has become so valuable for me. So I know that's not the best like financial advice for saving money, but I have started realizing like money's not all about saving it. Sometimes it's also a- about effectively using it to manage things that you care a lot about, like time. What about you, Sophia? Mm, so I don't think I'm necessarily the best person to give advice on like loan management or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think I am. But <laughs> but I'm like very budget conscious for sure. And like to me, I think like living within my means um, just means like identifying what I want to spend money on and what I don't. And like everyone has different things that they want to spend money on, right? So like here's an example. Right now I'm married and I live with my husband and I cook and all that. But for the first three years of med school, I was living in student housing. So I was basically living in a dorm and that was the cheapest housing available. And everyone else was living in like apartments or most people were living in apartments. And so, you know, I was saving a lot of money there and then I would buy all of my meals out. So like from the outside, someone could look at me and be like, oh my God, does this girl think like money grows on trees? She's just buying food every day, like never cooking, never seeming to like, you know, want to save money. She's just always going out to eat. Mm -hmm. But the reality is like, I didn't cook because I didn't have a kitchen, but I was saving like $400, $500 compared to everyone else per month on my housing that like for me to just buy food from restaurants. You would still be ending up. I was still, yeah, I was still saving money. And I was also saving time in the process because, you know, I was not having to To cook. cook. Um, So that's just like one example of something that worked for me, but also like that worked for me because I didn't know how to cook. I didn't like to cook. It was just something I didn't want to do. So, and that was worth it for me. Whereas for someone else, like having a nice space, to live in and like have friends over and all of that, like that could be really important for them. And so, you know, it just, it looks different for everyone. Um, I see people in med school who like go on a lot of vacations and seem to be spending money and like, you know, I can't do that because I've never had a job. I mean, now I'm married (laughs) and my husband has a job. So (laughs) now I guess I can, but still, you know, it just, everyone's situation is different. So everyone's budget is going to look different. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing is like, I feel like whatever your financial situation is, I do think, and I think you would agree with me that it's important to recognize that like we are students just because we're almost 30 or something like that. That doesn't mean that we're entitled to live like a certain type of life, you know? Yeah. It's Um, easy to compare to others who are 30 who actually have jobs. Who actually have jobs. Yo, they're spending like 30 a night just getting food. I should start doing that. Nope. You're not in the same life point, (laughs) unfortunately, right? You have to live within like the life point you're in and Students definitely are in a different lifestyle. Yeah. And then just one more thing that I want to add, which is like, I feel like there are a lot of things in our society that 
are kind of considered luxuries or most Americans consider them luxuries. And examples of that are just like, yeah, manicures or fitness class memberships and things like that. And like the reason they're considered luxuries is because there are alternatives to them, right? Like most people in this country can't regularly do those things. And so I feel like, yeah, I reserve luxuries for special occasions. Like, you know, obviously either you're living on loans or someone's paying for things. Um, And so you just have to realize that just because other people might be doing something, it's really important to kind of separate yourself from like what others are doing and just realize that you have your own budget. Stay in your own lane. That's That's a good one. So next question is how to make friends as an adult. So this is deep, but very fitting. I, I love this question because I think as you get older, you start realizing we're not in kindergarten anymore and there's not like recess where everyone can just go out and have fun. Now, like everything yeah. is like becomes a little bit more transactional. So I'm in business school right now and I, and I actually have gotten really annoyed because it seems like everything has like a price tag attached to it. Like no one wants to just chat anymore. It's either like chat about work, chat about school, chat about like, what do you want to do in your career? But it's never like chat about Just like being friends. Being friends, right? Like it's always like something is attached to this conversation. And honestly, maybe I'm naive, but sometimes I really just do want to talk to someone because they're cool and I want to get to know them. And so for me, some things that have worked has been a couple things, right? One of them has been showing that you're like vulnerable. Uh, Showing a vulnerable side to someone shows that you care, that care more than just a transaction, right? You want to actually get to know them as a person. And so one time I'll often share something that is very close to me and personal to me and say that as a hope that maybe the person will reciprocate and we can actually establish a relationship. Another really cool way to make friends, especially as you get later on in your career, is to show uncommon commonalities between people. And that's actually a really proven way to make deep connections. So what are uncommon commonalities? That's exactly what it sounds like, where you try to find something you have in common, but is very uncommon among the general In general, population. yeah. Yeah, so like, for example, the reason Sophia and I bonded so well was because we both love social media, we both loved medicine, well, we're in medical school, and we both were Desi, right? Like when you combine those three things, that's a very uncommon commonality because Social media with medicine is already pretty rare. Like most people in medicine are not on social media. And then add on top of that that we're both brown. And then we created this uncommon commonality that we both bonded over. And that's essentially how this podcast started, right? Yeah. I I do want to add, I'm sure our audience knows, but Prerog has a YouTube channel and I have like a blog and Instagram page. So that's what he means by the social media piece of it. In case you're just listening and you don't kind of like follow each of us individually. Yeah, Yeah, that's a very valid point. But (laughs) but that uncommon commonality thing is actually a really great way to build strong bonds with people because it shows something that you both share in common that other people don't, right? Yeah. So the other thing I want to play here is going to be related to Munabai MBBS. It's a scene from Munabai MBBS, and it's where he gives like a Jaduki Jappi to the janitor. And it just goes to show this power of being vulnerable, right? Like by giving someone even like a hug or even showing them some level of like, I'm here for you, you're showing them that you care about them more than just what they have to offer, like in terms of a future career or whatever. So I want to play this scene. It's cute. It's sappy. It's Bollywood, but it's nice. Yeah, it's very scenty. Um... And also, watching it now is just so crazy because I cannot imagine going up to someone during COVID and, like, getting hugging. closer than six feet, let alone hugging them. Yeah, but we do not condone hugging right yes. now. Yes. What a shame. One number of people. Why don't you give a 
जप्पी बोले तो कस के गले लगाने का अपुन की माँ उसको जादू की जप्पी बोलती है सब टेंशन खलास ए, रुक जा दिखता नहीं गीला है एक जाएगी तो अभी दूसरी आएगी पच्चीस टाइम झाड़ू मारो तो भी कम है हम इंसान है कि मशीन कितना टाइम साफ करेगा मैं मरता रहूंगा दिन भर झाड़ू मारता रहूंगा सब यहीं से जाएंगे दूसरी जगह से नहीं जा सकते अरे उधर मत चलो अभी साफ किया है सॉरी क्या सॉरी तुम तो सॉरी बोल के निकल जाएगा सबका क्रिकेट अपन को सुनना पड़ेगा सुनेगा तीस साल से तो सुनता आया है काका नाम क्या है तुम्हारा क्यों कंप्लेन करने का है मकसूद नाम है मेरा जाओ करो नहीं कंप्लेन नहीं करने का थैंक यू बोलने का सच्ची तुम बहुत मस्त काम करते मकसूद भाई पेशेंट लोग जब ठीक होता है ना तो सब डॉक्टर को थैंक यू बोलता है तुम सला सबका कचर पट्टी उठाता है तुमको कोई थैंक यू नहीं बोलता मेरे को तुमको थैंक यू बोलने का मकसूद भाई थैंक यू थैंक यू मकसूद भाई so i love that scene uh, but let me transition over to you sophia how do you make friends as an adult yeah so okay i think this one is really tough and it's like a lot of articles have been written about how it's tough to make friends as an adult um for many reasons but the big one being that it's easiest to just make friends with people who you see frequently right like proximity is a really big driver in forming friendships but if you're not around a ton of people your age at work then yeah like if you don't know people in your city then like it is really tough to make friends cuz you're not just around people especially now with covid but i think in general there's a couple pieces of advice i would give or like this is what i would do um if i found myself in a city alone and like was trying to make friends um hypothetical scenario yes <laughs> obviously um i i don't think i would just randomly be somewhere but maybe who knows like for residency right yeah, if i exactly. end up somewhere and i'm living alone in like the middle of nowhere but i mean okay one thing is trying to pursue your existing interests um in ways that will kind of expose you to other people so whether that's taking a painting class or going to a fitness class or whatever else um because that way you might meet people who are interested in the same thing as you but even if you don't you're not wasting money cuz you're kind of already doing something that you are interested in um and so that's why i think that's a good idea cuz you don't want to just like spend money on certain classes spend money or to things. make friends yeah yeah or <laughs> i mean i think if you were guaranteed like okay do this class and you'll make friends like sure maybe it's worth it but <laughs> but in general it's kind of like you don't want to just feel like you're throwing money down the drain and doing something you're not interested in just because you might be around people your age so got it that's one thing um And then I think the second part is like you kind of have to put yourself out there, right? Cuz even if you meet people in like a fitness class or whatever else, um that doesn't mean you're automatically going to become best friends, but you kind of have to put yourself out there and be like, "Oh, like do you want to grab coffee or whatever else?" And yeah, like it's kind of um scary. It's kind of scary like you know someone might say no, you know, they might already have a ton of friends and not have time for you or whatever else. but you just can't really feel too bad about it because part of this process is like putting yourself out there and if you do it enough times like you are going to make friends yeah. um so that's like another part and then the third thing i would say is like okay there are these online communities um that are run by 
various people sometimes run by influencers and like they have meetups. So like the one that comes to mind that I think is really awesome is called Boss Women Collective. Um, and it started by Rihanna Singh. She is um, like she runs this community and is it's, she an influencer? Yeah, she's an influencer, but like I like she also just runs this community that um, like women talk about their careers and like you know give each other like advice. They talk about um, like negotiating for like salary raises, things like that. Like mm-hmm. it's just very. It's focused on... Badass the, women. Yeah, but it's, it's, like, focused on the theme of, like, I guess, career development. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have these meetups, and it's, like, such a good way to, you know, meet people. Because you might originally come to this meeting to discuss, you know, salary negotiation, but, you know, you still might meet someone really cool. Well, you're going to meet someone who may have the same problem, right? And then you bond yeah. over that. Like, yeah. you're, you're having trouble with your salary, and then this other person does too, and you're like, oh, yeah. we both hate our boss. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, there are a lot of, like, different Facebook groups and different communities online that have in-person meetings. Like, yeah. you know, it sounds kind of lame. Maybe just, not like, now because of the pandemic, of but COVID, they will. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it sounds kind of lame. Like, oh, meet people online, but, like, that's just the way things are. Like, online dating, like, people, like, people meet friends like life partners whoever else online now so there's no shame in it i think you definitely should uh look into it look into it yeah um but it is tough as an adult i've got to say absolutely yeah okay let's do um our last question of the day and i really feel this the question is how do i stop procrastinating I feel like I may not be the best person to answer this because I procrastinate a lot, especially in business school now where I've just gotten so burnt out from school that I don't even, I don't even care anymore. And I wait till the absolute last minute to do an assignment, but I'm actually going to make the case for procrastination. So obviously to stop procrastinating, you should know when things are due and try to plan for it. But one of the things I've realized is as long as you know when things are due, sometimes procrastination for me has been quite productive. And the reason for that is something known as Parkinson's law. Do you know what this is, Sophia? Not really. So basically it's this law that says that things will take as long as the time that you allot to them. So for example, if you have an essay due in a week, it might actually end up taking you the whole week to do the essay because you'll start on day one, you'll think, you'll start a little bit, but then you'll get annoyed and then you'll keep coming back to it. But the whole point of Parkinson's law is let's say now you start the essay at midnight, the day before it's due, and it's due at 7 a.m. The most time you will spend on it will be seven hours because you know you have to finish by then, right? So I've actually taken advantage of Parkinson's law to procrastinate on certain things that I know I don't care a lot about, but that if I spent time on would take up a lot of my time. So for example, I don't care that much about like marketing, but it's still a class I have to take. So for every marketing assignment now, I will wait until like an hour or two before it's due and then like just start it then. Oh my gosh. It's not the best idea because it's like definitely not the best for quality, but for me it works because it saves me a lot of time because I know that if I started the job earlier, I wouldn't finish it until like much later and I would waste much more time on it. So Hmm. again, it's not particularly answering this question. It's just making the case for why we procrastinate a lot and why sometimes procrastinating can be effective. Uh, But I'm not saying you'll probably get the best grades if you follow this approach, but that's just the way I've been doing it. What about you, Sophia? How do you actually stop procrastinating? Well, I feel like I struggle with this a lot and I'm not sure if that makes me like the best person to ask or the worst person to ask. Okay, we're the the same. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, okay, I know that there are certain things that work for me. And, like, I have found that I do a lot better when I'm near people who are also working. Mm -hmm. So prior to COVID, I would always go to libraries to work. That's really smart. Um, I just noticed that I was way more productive there than at home. And so even in the dead of winter, like, I would go to the library, you know? Like, I identified something that worked for me, and I just stuck to it. And obviously, I can't do that anymore. And it has taken its toll. Um, it, yeah, it really has, truly. Um, and I like working alongside people. And, like, sometimes I'll FaceTime a friend or, like, get on Zoom with someone and just work with them. You know, you making that point makes me realize maybe that's why all of these study with me videos are so popular. Have you seen that on YouTube? Yeah, on There's YouTube, like yeah. study with me videos that get like millions of views and people and what? Like, someone's just sitting there someone just a book studying. sitting there studying with like there's an ambiance, there's a nice like cafe music and sometimes there's background noise based on like what you really? want. Really? Yeah. It's actually like super popular. I did it once on my channel and it got like 5,000 views. People were like loving it. They like love really? like sitting there and knowing that you're studying at the same time, even yeah. though it's just a recording. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that means that a lot of people resonate with this and, um, I don't know. I feel like that's something helpful or like even checking in with someone, um, and being like, okay, like you work for an hour, I'm going to work for an hour and then like, we'll reconvene and we'll just like ask each other how much we accomplished. Something like that is helpful. There's this other thing, this app that I use, it's called Flora. Flora. And do you know about it? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically just this app where you put it on and then you can't use your phone for like a dedicated period of time. Um, and so like for however long you set that timer, you basically have to be productive. Um, and I feel really good about myself when I like complete the timer and you know, then I get a, a little break. And I didn't I can touch check my, my phone, phone for 25 minutes. Yeah. That's actually yeah. like really, really good feeling, honestly. It really is. And I know it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I feel like people are just so addicted to their phones. Like we don't even realize it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I think, yeah, like not looking at your phone for 30 minutes or 40 minutes, you can get a good amount of work done in that. Um, and also if you do the opposite of that, if you think about 30 or 40 minutes and you think about the amount of time you may just implicitly, I know the tendency, I was like, I'll just check for like a second if you actually add that up over time, I've done this experiment on myself over the span of like 40 minutes, that time adds up to almost like 10 whole minutes. I just end up spending on my phone with those yeah. like meaningless checks of like, nothing has changed, bro. Stop. Like nothing <laughs> is going to change. in like the last time you check this phone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think this applies to like everyone in the 21st century. Um, so that's one thing. And also like in the app, you can add friends and sort of like compete for who has the most focus time. And I find that so fun. Um, I'm China, such China. a, I'm like, yeah, revealing how much of a loser I am. I'm like, <laughs> I love competing for who can study the longest. No, um, it, adds, it's a, it adds game aspect, right? You're gamifying something that actually is not particularly fun. So that mm -hmm. adds a bit of fun to it. It really does. And I always tell people like, to add me on Flora, like mm -hmm. I tell my audience and stuff, like add me, like I just, I really enjoy it. Um, and it's been really helpful to me. So I think that's um, something that I would recommend. And then the final thing that I would say is um, there is this personality test. It's called the four tendencies and it's by Gretchen Rubin. Um, and I recommend taking this test because it kind of tells you like, what motivates you whether that's like external motivation like you need someone 
you know, checking in with you or something. Or you need um, a cookie at the end of every Exactly. Day. Like, it kind of helps identify what motivates you. And then I think it's possible to make adjustments in your life based on that in order to capitalize on um, what's going to get you working. And so, like, I don't know, just as an example, I think I'm the person who needs, um, like, the external motivation. So, like, if I tell my friends, like, okay, I'm going to work out five days this week, and then I, like, check in with them and, mm. like... Every day, I'm like, okay, like today is day four or five, whatever. Um, I kind of need that because if it's just me left to my own devices, I might just never yeah, do it. Like, Sophia, don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's just, no, I, uh, I feel you. I think that's great. I will link that um, four tendencies uh, test in, the show, notes, in yeah. the show notes. I think that's a great thing to do. But I think that brings us to this, the end of this episode, right, Sophia? Yeah, that's it. Um, if you guys want to submit your questions for the next time we do this sort of episode, please do. You can just message us on Insta. You can email us, um, whatever, whatever is best. Um, but please rate, review, subscribe, share this uh, podcast with your friends. That is the only way that we're going to be able to continue doing this. We need you guys to be our marketing department. Word of mouth marketing. Yes, Yeah, sir. exactly. So um, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next episode. Bye. Bye.